stuff. He's making a mess over there. <laughs> hey, hey, I dropped yeah, overflow. I dropped that beer on the ground, kicked it, and then I handed it to you. <laughs> yes, sir. So another episode in. of Pints and Politics. And <laughs> Brandon has beer oh. all over the counter. It's on the notes. There you go. So today's beer, of course, we are sponsored by Comer Distributing. Thank you for Chip and Comer for reaching out. And today's beer is actually a Moore Artist out of Fort Mill. Yeah. We are drinking a Fort Millsner. Now, Heath, do you know the difference between a Pilsner, a Lager, an IPA? Because I, I Not really. really don't know. As I was trying to pick out a beer, I'm like, uh, I don't know what the difference is. Nope. I do not. Um, Maybe someone will give us some comments on one of the Facebook posts or something. Do we get comments on Spotify and Apple? I know most of our listeners are coming from them, but man, I have no idea. That that is that would probably be something for you and the producer to tell me. Yeah. So um, now we <clears throat> just so everyone is aware, because of tight timing, Heath just come back from Charleston today. Yeah. And uh, there is another event that our producer had to be at, so we are going without video. And then yep. last week we couldn't produce the video because we went over in time and then yeah, things wouldn't we, match up. Yep. So you just had to be uh, content with, with the audio versions last week. Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Yeah. I'm amazed at how quickly it's picked up. Yeah, man. I mean, we went from two to four listeners in like five <laughs> weeks. <laughs> That's right, man. I had many reps come up to me on the floor and was like, oh, yeah. Yep. I'm number three. <laughs> <laughs> Did... uh. Man, did you see? This is national news. Did you see the uh, the Biden press conference last night, or did, have you heard anything like? I've heard about how he couldn't remember when his son died. He couldn't remember whenever he was vice president. It it was the 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 report that came out about his, you know, his, I guess he took home some confidential papers. Oh, same thing that no Hillary charges. did. Same thing that I think Pence happened. Same thing that happened to Trump. The difference is, is he wasn't. He didn't have the authority to have the papers. Yeah. Again, I'm not getting in all the weeds. I can totally see how that could happen, right? You and I, just being in local, like state government, we understand that. Again, we don't have anything top secret, but I could totally see you throwing some papers, taking it home with you, and you know whatever. But so anyway, that report comes out, and basically they say. In a nutshell, that they're not. While he did do it, they're not going to um, pursue charges. Yeah, because basically he's a well-meaning, senile old man. Basically, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow!" Like, I mean, they're not wrong. You've got yo. It's apparent. <laughs> and I was like, "Holy smokes, man!" I mean, this is. And then they, I guess, rushed him out there to do a press conference, and it just didn't go well. He literally was, I mean, y you have a hastily called press conference to address the mental aptitude of our president who then just starts stumbling over himself, gets foggy at times. He, he, he at one point said that he called and convinced the president of Mexico to open up the border. Um, and I think he said the president of Mexico and then used the president of Egypt's name and so he was mixing up Gaza and I mean you know, I do I do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah my my name I know people's faces and I know the conversations Holy but I cannot smokes. remember names to save my life and again like what do you think the the long 
the long play with this is from the Democratic Party. It's apparent. I think it is to elect Donald Trump as the nominee. And then as soon as he gets in there, this is my personal opinion. So but you're saying you think Democrats want Trump, Trump as to a be challenger. The nominee. And once he's the nominee, what's going to happen is that I personally believe they will pull Biden off. Yeah. They will appease Kamala as vice president. But Biden has, at this point, all the delegates. Right. right? But so, they can appoint whoever they no, want. No, no, right. So they're going to just take it to the convention floor is what you're— Yes. Hmm. And I think that, I think what will happen is they will appease Kamala to keep her from running because her popularity numbers are even lower than Biden's. Yeah. And whenever they do that, she will become the first female president for a few months— and then they will appoint someone like Gavin Newsom at the convention. And he will be, and truthfully, I don't see how Trump wins the swing states. That becomes the biggest complaint. Like Trump has a ton of support, but it's a ton of support in the red states. Yeah, right. And you've got to win those swing states. And, you know, I was arguing with somebody at the GOP event the other night. And he was talking about, well, in Georgia, we do it this way. I said, didn't Georgia just become blue? He's like, yes. well, purple. I was like, so y'all screwed it up. So don't be telling me how to do things over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I tell you, man, it's it's going to be uh, a fun year to sit back and see what what happens with all that. Because yeah, Wait, th- Arizona's swing- becoming blue. Like Arizona was always red. Georgia was always red. They're turning blue because of the the uh, BS politics that we're starting to see in South Carolina playing out in those states. Yeah. Well, and when you when you say Arizona was has always been red, it's that was moderate red because of McCain. Right. It was more of a, you know, lower taxes, uh, business friendly environment, w- hawkish on wars, you know what I mean? Still sounds Republican except for the oh, no, hawkish no, no. on wars, but I mean the part of the Republican creed is it's I, my right to be uncommon. And basically I just described John McCain. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Um so it, it it wasn't, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's a different kind of Republican, you know. Um, yeah, but the difference is, is we forgot that we can be different types of Republicans. That's what made the Republican Party oh, so great. Yeah, big is that we could have different views. Now you got yep. people that voted for Obama <laughs> that joined the Republican Party because of Trump and think that they know how to define what a real Republican is. Essentially, uh, it's easy. If you're on the left, just run around calling everybody racist. If you're on the right, just run around calling everybody rhinos, and that makes you holier than them. Yeah, well, and that's that's that is the essential question: is who, if Trump is the Republican nominee, can he win Pennsylvania? Can he win Michigan? Can he win Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona? And I don't think you're going to win Georgia and Arizona. If you looked at the last election, the answer of three, four of those out of the five are no. Kari Lake lost. Arizona, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you know. And and again, when you look at <coughs> when you look at a candidate to support, that down ballot is is the Republican nominee for president is is he going to lift up down ballot races or is he going to drag them down? Well, I mean, okay, so let's go back. And I'm a firm believer in voting for, well, I was always a firm believer in voting for who you feel is the best candidate, right? Yeah. So 2016, I was a Rand Paul. Guy. I know, He man. didn't stand a chance. I you know. know. But prior to that, whenever we had, um, uh, what's the Mormon guy's name? I cannot remember. Romney. Romney? Whenever he was running. Yeah. 
I could not support Romney. <laughs> and I was a Ron Paul libertarian. Right. And so whenever it come to the Republican primary, I don't think I don't I think Ron Paul did run as a no, he ran as a libertarian. No. Oh, Ron Paul, not ran. Ron Paul. Yes. Yeah, he, he ran, ran as, as a libertarian. A, so yes. I, so I Green I, Party something. Yeah. He was a third party. So I supported Ron Paul as the nominee. Right. And then I realized it cost us the federal election. Same thing with Ross Perot cost oh, yeah. George Bush the election against Clinton. That's the problem with the third party. And ultimately— And we haven't even talked s- about that yet. What, what if RFK, he said he's running as an independent. He's not going to get any support. It, he doesn't have to get— He might get the anti-vaxxers, but the, it, it, the well, problem but, is, is most anti-vaxxers aren't as far as left on, as he is on his policies. I, I think that's hilarious that— you said the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> and, and, and Kennedy himself has said time and time again, he is not an anti-vaxxer, but that's just, you know he, what I mean? He needs to listen to himself on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. He, that whole podcast was anti No, 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 no. But he's talking about the mercury that's used in, in vaccines, vaccines to deliver. Right. And yeah. that's what he thinks is causing some of the— And the right. same thing with the children, right. giving children vaccines because these companies weren't making enough money, so yeah. the government starts mandating them. Yep. And that, so, that was his argument. And you got to think, man, Kennedy doesn't have to win states, but who does he pull off in those key states? Does he pull off more from Biden or a Newsom, or does he pull off more from a, a Republican nominee? Right. And that's just that dynamic to I mean, see my that first play county out. council— race. I think the third party guy got less than a hundred votes. Yeah. And it caused a whole runoff because no one could get over fifty just off of those hundred votes. Oh really? <laughs> I think that's what happened um when uh they had that special election for Senator Kimpson when he when he went up to DC and Tedder and Gilliard and uh J. A. Moore mm. all ran for that Senate seat. I think Gilliard in a three way race Let's say got forty eight percent of the vote. He didn't get over fifty. J A pulled, and I don't, I don't know. Just pulled enough away from him to keep him from winning. They had to go to a runoff, and then Tedder beat Gilliard in, in the runoff Which by I heard like there was twelve certain, votes. I heard there was a certain was, group that put over six figures into that race too. <laughs> really? Wow, man. So there, he had some support from a group. Now, granted, he didn't. Uh, it, whenever a group puts money in, just That's for those amazing. of you who don't know. You're not allowed to talk to them. So they're not allowed to tell you, like, hey, we're running this or anything else. So some of these mailers you may get, it's always important to see who it is paid by because another group can send out a mailer bashing my opponent, making them look like Satan themselves. I had no approval process with it because it's illegal to work with them. The candidate can't coordinate. Yeah. So if, if it's not like I called them and said, hey, man, don't use that. Yeah. You have to look at what the candidate themselves are running. Now, whenever you get on federal politics, you get these big packs. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I do believe that while you're not supposed to work with these packs, it's obvious that the message they, is They all meet up at the same bar at the end of the day. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. They just talk very loudly so the other one can overhear. Right. <laughs> right. Well, um, let's get into what we— uh, what we were doing down in Columbia this Are week. Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we talked for 30 minutes prior to <laughs> yep. getting on here. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Pints of Politics, episode yeah. six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to talk about constitutional carry first? Ooh, that's a tough, but yeah. Yeah. I say we go ahead and go. Let's get it. into the red meat.
Um, yeah, so the Senate um, passed out constitutional carry, what, late last week, didn't they? It, yeah, they passed it out last week, and the problem is, is they had so many amendments in it that were— Trash. Yeah. I Just mean, trash. There's certain, you know, there's one amendment that I really had a problem with, and that's more of me not wanting to grow government, and that was funding CWP classes. Oh, right. For anyone. And I think that— I actually got an email. Four or five million. I now, you break an, that down, it's less than a dollar per citizen per year. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, for a safety trade-out, but at the same time, it's still growing government. I got an email from—he wasn't even our— my constituent, but he was, he had sent us an email about that CWP, you know, the state offering free classes. And, you know, I never even thought about it from his perspective. He's an instructor. So he's like, hey, <laughs> y'all are taking away my livelihood, man. Well, I'm they doing. Might, they might pay him. Well, that, that's what, that's I, I what came to mind, too. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking, which one of these legislators runs CWP classes? <laughs> <laughs> Are they getting paid for this? Did, did one of the senators you, that runs CWP we, classes yeah, yeah. put this in there? You can tell we're still skeptics, you know? <laughs> we're like, wait a minute. What do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, some of those amendments, uh, you know, and I think one that got a little bit of um, attention was, was it number 36? Was that the one Rules that— Rules for me and, and not, not for thee? Yeah. Basically, it, and, and I believe it was Senator— Malloy, who yeah. put that on, and um, basically what it said was, okay, you don't have to have a concealed carry permit, right? You can have constitutional carry, but in gun-free zones, such as certain churches, schools, hospitals, things like that. Anyone um, that displays a sign properly, which you learn during a CWP class. Right. You can't carry. You're going to have to go back and put it in your truck or whatever. Yeah. Except for a carve out for guess who, state legislators. But it wasn't clerk, just that. Clerk of courts, uh, public defenders, and some other officers of the court. It was elected officials that perhaps need to defend themselves. I mean, how many times have we been told by the sergeant in arms, like, "Hey, you need to let us know. You need to. Uh, we need to be there with you." Oh, if you're getting... Well, just going out in certain places oh, right. or if you're going to be in big crowds. Like, they, they want to ensure that we are protected. It's not like elected officials haven't been shot in public before. Um, so it's one of those things that... That's not the biggest thing for me, and just cutting out the legislature portion, but I do believe a clerk of court and public defenders, and these people should be able to defend themselves. I, I do too, but I don't like the idea that there is... And, you know, we hear it on a national level a lot of times, especially dealing with whether it was the Clintons or, or even with Trump now, this two tiers of justice. There's a justice system for— What about Nikki? Nikki don't have that. You know? <laughs> I don't even think she has protection yet, <laughs> speaking of. I think she's asked Biden to give her protection. I've but. heard she doesn't like protection. <laughs> you got to take a break? Yeah, I got to take a break. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know, we, we got that constitutional carry bill back. Um, and you know, the question now that, um, we had as, as reps on the house side was what do we, you know, we got to look at all the amendments, go through them, parse what we could stomach, what we couldn't. And at the end of the day, do we concur 
or do we non-concur? Right. It, so I put a post on social media. You did early. I did it. I did it before we even we weren't even out of caucus. Our first caucus meeting. Yeah, no, on was, Tuesday. Yeah, right? That's right. So we hadn't even started session yet. Yep. And we're sitting there, and and my view was okay. I see this play now where we non-concur, and what will happen is we will start to add these amendments on the floor. And the way I was viewing it was, okay, Freedom Caucus is going to throw up an amendment that will cure childhood cancer. And yep. if we, and I, we've already been told by the Senate that if we add in anything else, that it's not going to pass because it goes to conference. Yep. And that's fine. It's not like I'm happy with the bill the way that it is, but this is the closest we've ever been to constitutional carry. And bottom line Correct. is, if we just concurred, average Joe Blow can now just. Con- carry a pistol on his hip yep. without having to worry about violations. Um, our law enforcement supports the bill or is not fighting against it. I wouldn't say supports. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there's a very penalties. key component there that, you know, is in the bill that I don't know if it gets enough attention. I know the governor, this is a, a big thing that the governor wanted um, was – the increased penalties for folks who felons Mm -hmm. who shouldn't have a gun, you know, getting caught with a gun. So stiffening those, those, those gun crimes for, for felons who shouldn't be carrying anyway. Um, That was a big thing that the governor wanted. Um, And, you know, he expressed his dissatisfaction with ultimately um, the Republican house caucus decided that we would non concur. We're going to non-concur, um, but here's, here's, which is a roll of the dice. Which, I mean, going into before we even started, I'm trying to predict as a freshman the way I see things playing out. Right. I thought for sure that what would happen is we would just concur and we would strike a deal to where we're going to have a bill rushed through. To get rid of some to of To get rid of those amendments. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that was it, and that was put talked it on about. the earnest of the Senate to do so. Yep. But I mean, I put whenever I posted that post, that wasn't something that we were talking about. Right. That was just my view at the time. Yeah. It doesn't mean that that's what everyone agreed with, or that was the view, because whenever we went in caucus, obviously everyone had different views. Yeah. Which is why we had to look at what all options are available and where we can have the votes. To well, get and just done. and just to let the two two listeners know three. Three now? Okay. <laughs> Cal Forrest said he's number three. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we get this this bill gets voted on late Thursday. Yeah. Uh last week. So we I mean, by a show of hands, who read over all those amendments over the weekend? Yeah. Uh for the the, the two out there, I know we don't have video, no one raised their hand in the room. Right? <laughs> So, I mean, and again, just to let the, Which, the listeners know, we have jobs other than the legislator. Yes. And so we also have family and kids and all those types of things. So when I try to jam-pack as much as I can on Mondays and Fridays for my my I come in on Mondays just so I job. can get some of that stuff. But then care. Tuesday through Thursday, I'm trying to do the rep thing and my job via f- phone. And um, so anyway, 
I didn't read over all of those amendments that the Senate had tacked on to the bill. Now, as much as I talk crap about the way our South Carolina Freedom Caucus does things, that is one of the things that I love that the Freedom Caucus does is they have a conference call and they go over bills and they have a discussion and put together a game plan. And evidently they print out a sheet telling everyone how to vote. But, you know, (laughs) supposedly that's rumor. But No, it's not rumor. (laughs) We have seen it. We've got a file of them. Yes. No. I have seen those sheets, and, and and again, to be fair, it it tells people this is a good bill or a bad bill. We're voting, you know, yeah, this way or that. But um, but they're not saying that you have to vote this way, right? And again, I just I don't want to get into because what you will see on social media is this BS that reps are told how to vote. Yeah, and that I've never been told how to vote. That is absolutely not true. Um, People, other members, tell us their views on a certain bill and how they're going to vote. Even our whip just asked, where are you going to vote on this? Yes, that's exactly right. That way they know whether they have They try to get a count. They try to get, they're trying to read the room. Um, Which is common sense. If you're trying to get the most conservative bill that you can actually pass— Yes. Instead of just standing on your soapbox so you can run more campaigns, you want what can get passed. That, yeah, that's right. I mean, you can pre-file all the bills. we just want to move it to the right yes. every chance we can. We want to make every bill as good as we can, and there's lots of great great amendments. We could have cured cancer so many times if we would have just supported these amendments, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yep. the narrative. And, and so, so I, I, I'm trying to be fair to our colleagues that are in the Freedom Caucus. I am not saying that she tells them how to vote. No. But it tells them this is a bad bill because of this. Freedom Caucus members are but, voting this way. But we don't even get that as Republican caucus. Like it does members. not say roll call vote this way. Right. David O'Neill, you need you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it's it's basically guidance. I, I would prefer them to just tell them because people with Jordan Pace, like Jordan Pace would be like, screw you, you're not gonna tell me how I'm gonna vote. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and man, that's the thing, man. Like it. we have some freshmen. Oh yeah, I love our freshman Freedom Caucus members. Yeah, I'd really do. And and again, I I think this is a this is some some battles that were fought prior to us getting there yeah. has created some scar tissue. And as with I, some of the House members and how they are so divisive against the Freedom Caucus on the floor. Well, correct. And so I think as as we you know if we get reelected. And we grow with our our tenure there in the House. I think our class will be a testament to the bridging those divides. You know, trying to get people to like, hey, as long as they don't, let's work together. I I believe as long as those divides don't continue to grow, and that's the reason I started fighting so much against whoever runs our social media. Yeah, is because to me they're just pissing me off more to where I don't want to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Because of the language that is put right. out there. Now, granted, they might not like how, you know, Gil Gatch or Micah Kasky comes at them. But whenever you come on, whenever you're taking screenshots of my Facebook post and then putting it on Twitter, first of all, thank you. I mean, you, <laughs> my Twitter's only got like 50 followers, so you just added some to it. Um, but, yeah, I certainly have more followers than the entire Freedom Caucus on on Meta. Yeah, right. Um, so they're taking a picture of the Meta post and then putting it on Twitter to try yeah. and call me out on something. Obviously, you just can't read or my intent's not clear. I'm not great at always getting my point across. 
yeah. the point of the post was just to be transparent. Yeah. Well, and so we met on Tuesday mm-hmm. about constitutional carry. And basically, as a caucus, we went through the amendments. We talked about them. And basically, hey, guys, get feedback from your, your voters. Get, yeah. get feedback from your district. Um, and then we met again on Thursday. And again, had a pretty open meeting. Everyone said their piece. And we said, yeah, our, our voters and our districts are saying that, no, we like the House. We like the House version better. And that's more true to the ideals of the Second Amendment. So we're going to roll the dice and, and, and see if and, we can and, get it done. And that's, that, those are the conversations I had with some voters was, or folks in my district was, hey, just know if we concur, we're a constitutional carry state. Yeah. Even with those trash amendments put on by the Senate, we're a constitutional carry state next week. If we non-concur, we might be coming back two to four years. Yep, that's right. And And again, those are the tough decisions because and and I think we'll be able to see who by the conferees who are selected and that's going to be tough because so just so everybody knows even the ranking Republican person on the Senate is the one Republican that did not vote for the bill oh really and Luke Rankin oh yes so then you're talking about putting you know Luke and then Possibly a, a Democrat, Democrat, which so I, so I don't see them conferring with anything. Versus, even if we took the two most, you got to get Second Amendment two senators and two so, House members. So for for folks who know or don't know, when when we have this type of situation where the, a bill originates in the House, which is what we're talking about here in constitutional carry, we passed it over last year. Mm-hmm. The Senate took it up. They throw a bunch of garbage amendments on it, but they do pass the bill and send us it back. The House votes next week. It looks like we're going to non-concur, put an amendment in to go back to the House version. If we concurred, it would go to the governor's desk for for signing into law. Yep. But we're choosing to non-concur, and we are going to send three reps, two Republican or two in the majority, one of the minority, those three reps go to the conference committee, the Senate does the same thing, and they try to hash it out. In order for this to go to the governor, you have to get two senators and two Republicans. And now can they edit? Yes. So they can edit and say, can, this is what we come up with. Yes. So they could remove a few of those amendments as a compromise. Mm-hmm. But typically the way it goes is they just say, yeah, we're not going to concur because either you take our version or we take your version. Again, and the I, House and Senate is in a, the biggest pissing contest that there is in the man. state on who's, who's being right. I mean, we saw it last year with fentanyl trafficking. It was like whose bill is going to get passed instead of just passing fentanyl trafficking. Yeah, it's I know. ridiculous. And who's going to get credit? I mean, you know, it, it was great to take credit for constitutional carry last year on a mailer that says, we passed constitutional carry. Well, the House did. But if it goes over to the Senate and it's going to die, that's great for all the Republicans in the House because you yeah. can say, oh, we passed it. But at the same time, are we there to get shit done? Or are we there to posture yeah. and campaign? Well, and, and that's what I um, I tell members. And a lot of times this is in some of the, my conversations with 
a Freedom Caucus member is, guys, we can pre-file bills all day long. Yeah. I'm down here to make law, you know? And, th and that's the difference. Let's pre-file so we can just tell our constituents, I'm fighting for you and the swamp won't let us get it through. Yeah. I mean, th that makes a great campaign ad, but— and we and, all have and maybe that's just that's our not getting hurt. Yeah. And maybe that's just our business minds yeah. or just we want to accomplish things and you have to win. And we also see how these pre-files that are duplicitous or oh. things that we know aren't going to pass it, are just slowing down the process. Yes. It, it pushes an agenda. How many we bills? We got 2,000 bills. Oh, yeah. And easy. A hundred and something get heard. Yeah. So. But yeah, I mean, so that's. Um, the, the pride of each chamber runs deep, you know, and, and that sort of gets us to, and it's not a House versus Senate thing. I think it's more of, you know, being able to claim or have pride in the work product that we're pushing out. And, I mean, but and like again, we saw that we saw that again with the judges yeah. just but this week. With the cyber bills that we were, I mean, us within the Borch Caucus, we knew the value of it and we were fighting for these things. But how many of these bills come out? And what I'm glad to see is some of leadership's names authoring these bills and oh, taking yeah. lead on it. Yep. And that, that's a good thing because I don't really care about the credit. What I care about is making South Carolina. Better. I know, man. I, I think there's a— Oh, speaking of credit. What's Have that? you seen the Freedom Caucus's press? <laughs> no. <laughs> their pressure. You know I don't you know, know what I don't. pressure it is. But their pressure caused the Republicans to cave and choose not to concur because we were pushing to concur. Of course, no it did. one was pushing anything. I'm waiting for the next post tomorrow to say that we argued for the past eight hours over nighttime for the sun to rise. And damn it, God, God conceded and That's made right. the sun rise. <laughs> you can thank the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. Oh, boy. <laughs> Man, really? It's taking credit. Yeah, it is hilarious. It's like you can't do anything without someone wanting to take credit. Now, granted, I will give you this. Without having some conservative, are there people that sit there and say, well, how's the Freedom Caucus going to do this? Or how are they going to bash us and everything else? That's the reason I'm trying to be transparent about what I'm seeing is going to come out yeah. and what the spin may be. Does well, that influence some people? Yes. But that does not mean that you deserve credit. Like you flipped some decisions and made everyone. It's not like the same thing that we changed some of the Freedom Caucus members' minds in supporting mandatory minimums for fentanyl trafficking. Yeah, right. I mean, we could have just been, you know, campaign mode and just let them vote against it and, and then use it against them. And that's another thing that folks we got to remember is this passing of of legislation is a process, right? Yeah. I mean, literally, if it surprises any of you to know that. You and I had a lot of conversations with members about the mandatory minimums in fentanyl, yeah. the trafficking bill last year. And the Freedom Caucus was people I did not think I would have they, to convince. They were not for it. They did not want mandatory and minimums. They and, doesn't and, mean all because we didn't have to talk to all of them. Yeah. But there were a few that we really had to talk to to convince. Right. Now, if we could have chosen a different route to do, we could have employ some tactics that they do, that during that debate, there were some Freedom Caucus members who didn't want mandatory minimums. Now, did you and I go right to social media? 
take and a start, picture, po- start take posting a that and say they don't want to punish drug dealers yeah. that are killing our no, kids. No, no, we didn't. We <laughs> we sat there and kept working and having discussions over that day or whatever it was, and we convinced them to to agree with us. And I guess we could have then took it to social media again. The pressure. How long have you been married, Heath? Twenty years. All right, so I'm at twenty years as well. Be twenty one yeah. in August. So the difference is, is there are couples that argue and they argue in private and they mm-hmm. work things out in private and that's perfectly fine. But if you have the couple that is sitting there arguing and the husband or the wife goes on social media to post their views, only share their <laughs> side and say how righteous they are to get everyone to jump on their side and demonize the other and then claim, why can't we just work together? Right. Do well, you think that's ever going to work? I, like, hope, I hope you're that, not giving wives out there any ideas. Uh, well, yeah. my wife doesn't like social media, <laughs> so I'm good. <laughs> my wife's seen some of the trolls post on my son's right. things. Well, and again, and this isn't exclusive to, you know, just one party or another, but it, it, it does say, it demonstrates to me who is serious and who isn't. Who, and, and, who, well, or who I can in, work who's with in a and campaign. who I Who's in a campaign for Congress and who is running campaigns for a living Man. is the biggest thing. Hey, I, oh, by the way, I haven't told you this, but Tuesday I'm dropping a bill to ban anyone sitting on the floor from running campaigns. Because oh, are it's you? the equivalent of lobbying. Yeah. Well, you'll probably get some sponsors, co-sponsors on no, that. No, I'm dropping it. I don't want any sponsors on it before I drop it. I oh, can wow. sign on afterwards. Oh, here we go, I, trying I to just, take credit. I just want it to be my middle fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, – hmm. I don't see how anyone would oppose that. I, I mean, really, it is ridiculous. It, it's no different than having a lobbyist on the floor. And, and you have the power to put up any amendment. Like I said, do you want to cure childhood cancer? Oh, you didn't want to cure childhood cancer? I mean, we saw it last year with the DEI. Now, speaking with RJ, RJ – Gave it. He said there's no longer drop-down budget, and that's the reason we couldn't apply it to a specific line item. I agree with that. Yeah. But the solution is doing more of what we did this summer with Thomas Beach. I think is me and yeah. you, or me, you, Thomas we Beach, and yeah. Cody Mitchell all creating a bill to ban DEI, and let's fight to get that traction. Right. I haven't even had a chance to fight for that because I'm too busy fighting the narrative right. already. Well, and on the— you know, a better, more positive note, I told April Cromer when we were discussing the um, unemployment benefits bill where she saw something that could improve the bill. She got with Micah during the floor debate. Yeah. And he said, hey, that's a great idea. Let's get an amendment and submit it to the desk. And all people see is Micah and the Freedom Caucus fighting – but Micah is one of the smartest guys in the world. Oh, room. man. And, yeah, he can come off as childish at times, as can any of us, yeah. because he's been constantly attacked. And RJ ran a campaign against him yeah. after he was the guy trying to rewrite the South Carolina Constitution to make it more free to begin with. But people like April are the people I love. April's a boss. Oh, man. Like, I don't know how you can explain it. But she I don't care if I agree with her or not. Like, she's just got this firmness, like, nope, this is the way it is. Like, <laughs> I look at April, and it's like, don't mess with her. Yeah, no, you I— know? I <laughs> It's kind of like Ashley Trantham 2.0. Yeah, She's no, coming in I, there, uh, you're not going to—you're not going to— 
I'm not going to take on April. You know, I think, Man. and I think our views actually align if we can just get the wording right and get the process right. Yeah, no, that's right. And I'll call and, and chat with her actually a few times this week, just chatting with her about some things that are coming up and, hey, where, where, where do you see yourself falling on this or that? And yeah, it's, she's great. And ultimately, that's what we're missing by not having the Freedom Caucus as part of the Republican Caucus. Yeah. Is we're missing that dialogue within the room, you know? Um, but uh, it, that's one of the things that I hate the most because I believe that if we're Republicans, yeah, then we should all be in the same room. I agree. And if it was I mean, that, that's if, why you and I voted right. to let him back in. We didn't care. I even voted to allow RJ to continue doing campaigns. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you, that you and I, like, listen, I think you and I, we're, we're just of the mindset that, hey, I don't care if we don't agree on right. everything. I still want to hear, you know, it's sort of iron sharpening, you know, it's just. Iron sharpening iron. Yeah. Exactly. I want to hear the counterpoint. I want to hear someone who has a different view on things because that could make it better. That could make the legislation better. That could make the lives of people living here in South Carolina better. Yeah. So let's hear it. Let's hear a dissenting opinion, even though we'll agree to, to go forward unchanged, but hey, no pride of authorship, man. Yeah. Get in the boat. Which is one of the reasons I was so mad whenever the, the Caskey Moore amendment came up during the gender Oh, gender reassignment uh, yeah. for minors? Whenever that came up, I was so mad because it's like you had two Freedom Caucuses say, two Freedom Caucus members say, help me make it better. And I was actually proud. I was like, whoa, this is like a breakthrough. Yeah. They literally asked, like, help me make it better. Yeah. Why couldn't we work together with them? You know, and I don't know, <laughs> but I don't want to be both a cynic. Of those member, but both of those members have been burned by RJ and his campaign tactics running campaigns directly against him. And I've been burned by RJ. I mean, he ran an ad yeah. saying that I chose to defund the police. Really? <laughs> How dare you defund while, the police? While I was on county council, <laughs> our, our con fiscally conservative sheriff lowered his own budget. So RJ took that and spun it and put it in a mailer for my opponent, stating that while I was chair of justice and public safety in York County, I chose to defund the police. Traitor. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah. You don't All like safe I'm, neighborhoods, Guffy? That's the— <laughs> You know? But that's the—whenever I came down, I thought that there was one group that's not playing the political spin, and they are giving the truth, you know? They're calling people out. That's yeah. the way I viewed it. And then I come down here, and now all I see is, is spin coming yeah. from one direction. And people can say what they want to about our speaker, but our speaker has never advocated for spinning crap. Man, and I, he's I like, tell hey, you, the adults need to govern. We need to focus on governing. Quit worrying about what the narrative is and everything else. We need to do what's best for the people of South Carolina. And again, I'm not going to quote him, but yeah, I think he he is. That's his priority, and yeah. and that's actually his responsibility as Speaker of the House, is, as it is, should be. Yeah. which is why, which people, is which, which is, is fantastic why to hear. Freedom Caucus and Republican members and Democrats yeah. all supported him, and and that's why, I man. That that is that's the way we need to be. Let's just go govern, folks. Yeah. Look, look. It it's like the saying goes: preach always, say as little as possible. You know, folks can judge us by our votes. They can judge us by the legislation that we prioritize, and everything else. Let's let's just go do that. Now, let's I, just go govern our state. 
as best we know how and let the chips fall where they may. You yep. and I are both, man, we are not career politicians. No. I mean, I, I'm going to seek reelection and God willing, if I have an opponent, I'll beat him in a primary and I'll beat him in a general. But if not, guess what? It is not the end of the world for me. Right. I, I will take it as, oh, that's, a, that's a bad loss, take it on the chin. I'll reflect a little bit and then I'll be like, more time with my family, more time to do the things that I was always are doing you, before. Are you willing to give up that $10,000 a year? <laughs> <I mean. laughs> right. So, so, yeah, I mean, you and I will do this for a little while, but, yeah. um, I mean, it, it literally is a duty. You I, know? Th I think that I will do it as long as the people want me representing. Yeah. As long as I feel like I haven't lost touch with my people, and there's always going to be people regardless – I can't tell you how many Democrats come up to me and say, you represent me, so you need to vote this way. Right. And I say, nah, I don't really care what you think. Like, <laughs> this is what I believe, and this is the way I'm voting. And if you don't like it, don't vote for me. Yeah, right. You know, and I think that's the approach that we have to take sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but, I got it. But I try to be common sense. I'm not trying to be the person that is um, essentially, I feel like as politicians, what we should do is say, this is how I feel and then the majority of the people decide whether they want you representing them as yeah. opposed to saying, how do you feel? Let's, right. Let's, let's you know, I had this a, out. I mean, we got 42,000 people. We can't even get people to open a newsletter whenever it's mailed out or to read a social media post about something. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing our best, which is one of the great things about the podcast is getting the word out. Yeah, right. Well, and, and folks can get a better understanding of maybe – how we, our thought process, how we reached the conclusions that we did, how we voted the way we did. I had a great conversation with a Democratic colleague of ours during some of the debate. Uh, it might have been on the unemployment stuff. Him and I were outside sitting on the steps. Because, man, I'm telling you, that's one thing I never lose sight of is just the awesome opportunity that we have to serve. Like looking at sitting around the state house. You're just in awe of the architecture. You're like, bro, I'm really here. You know, and that that's humbling to me. But anyway, me and me and Bamberg were, were sitting around talking, and uh, he goes, man, you and Guffy and some of y'all, y'all seem like pretty cool. Like you're not, and I said, what do you mean? Be he careful. Said, Is he calling us you to party? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're getting to know members as people. Yeah, yeah. And we oh, just I had to agree to disagree with we, you, but that don't mean I hate you. No, 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 no. We just had a really good conversation about the boxes that folks love to put you in. Mm hmm You know? It's like, hey man, I support the arts. Like whenever you're talking I am, to I am pro and clean, they take a picture. <laughs> yeah. I am pro a clean environment. Right? But I'm also pro life. So yeah, I'm pro rolling coal in the diesel truck. You know? <laughs> Huh. No, I do love the conservation aspect. And yeah, I absolutely. Love, and preserving now, our water. And listen, our and I'm in construction. I am yeah. not talking about environmental regs that just cost everybody yes. more money. And guess what? That's going to get passed along to the consumer. And let's that, spend fifty thousand on a silt fence in the middle of McConnell's. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we should. Um, or, or let's let's do the grand tree ordinance and let's include all these tall pines as well because they yeah. have such a dramatic root. <laughs> Yep. So, but yeah, so we, um, getting back to the judges, um, well, we were supposed to vote to this week. We were, and I'm going to skip over that real quick and we can go back to it. 
All right. Because as we were talking about the podcast and we talked about how it's just trying to be transparent, you know, I spoke playing devil's advocate over the unemployment benefits. Oh, yeah. A couple episodes ago. You right. Did. So as I'm speaking on it and as I said before, this is something and if you ever notice, I always I don't want to say always, but I tend to play devil's advocate on many issues to ensure someone is thinking for themselves. Yeah. In our conversation, I knew Heath had never been on unemployment. I wanted <laughs> to make sure that he knew. I've had to be on unemployment. Yeah. And I know many people that have had to be on unemployment, and I never saw it as a living wage. Yeah, and it's not. But I also see the flip side from being a business owner and the cost that it puts on you and how those yep. prices can raise. Well, one of my friends come up to me and said, hey, Cuffy, I didn't know you were socialist. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, trying to put you in a box, you know? But it's funny, and and I that's what I love about this podcast. Yeah. Because we're not going back, and we're not erasing anything. No. We're being who we are in the moment and explaining our votes, and then whenever it comes down to vote, I voted for the change. Yeah, that's right. I thought Micah did an excellent job explaining. He did. How you can obtain that much knowledge Yeah. that he was just spewing out. I mean, it was like— the walk and talk and chat GPT with Man, every statistic you. in front of <laughs> it blew me away. Yep. And and there were several amendments that, you know, so here is an issue like unemployment that I know inch deep as far mm-hmm. as the information. I know what what unemployment you know, the insurance, I understand from a business owner's perspective, I know what we pay in versus what the employee, all those things. So I have some some real life experiences with unemployment and, and folks claiming to be unemployed. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. He came to work drunk. Yeah. Like that doesn't- I have just... a bigger problem with workers comp. Oh, that's a whole nother, <laughs> yeah. So the, I think it was Russell Odd or maybe Gilda Cobb Hunter who started trying to introduce an amendment about Rural areas. Yeah, can we can we tier these things to where, you know, depending upon what the unemployment is, and they brought up some good points. So unemployment can be higher in rural counties versus, say, more urban counties. Um, but there's not as much demand, or there's not as much supply. And, therefore, the demand's going to increase. Well, and there's there's not employers who want to set up in Allendale, right? Well, that's what I mean by supply. There's yeah, not right. enough jobs. Yep. And so I thought that argument had some merit. And I thought um, Ms. Gilda Cobb Hunter out of Orangeburg had some good, valid points. And I mean, I went over and talked to several colleagues in the House and I said, hey, she's got a point. This is a good idea. We need to explore this. And, you know, I just got a lot of explanations of why it wasn't. I just didn't agree. I was like, man, but here's the issue. As a representative, I didn't know enough about the issue to really take it to task. Right. You know what I mean? I and just, I'm not on that committee. But I don't, didn't, don't you feel that way on so, well, I feel that way on so many issues because I'm learning so much about how the process is. Right. And every once in a while I stand up and I'm just like, this isn't right. Yeah. But you also got to find out why it isn't right, why that law was put in place to begin with, because it was put in place to stop something that corrupt was going on to begin well, with. Well, and, and that's why in if folks ever want to go look at that video, I'll never see 
I don't see that happening. But I abstained from that vote on that amendment to table. Oh, Freedom Caucus has photo evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I voted for the bill. But yeah. that one amendment, I was like, man, I, I don't think our state is a monolith. I think counties have differences, distinctions. And Gilda Cobb Hunter made a good point. And we, I thought we should have spent some more time, maybe considered it, explored it. But the, uh, the House decided not to and, you know, went ahead and tabled it. Irregardless, it's, it's a good bill. I think with, you know, the unemployment rate being what it is, what, what did Micah say? It's like 3.8 3. or something. Or, I think yeah. it's 3.8. In the threes? But here's the thing. So whenever I did advertising, one of the things I did was recruitment advertising. Did you know our unemployment system changed whenever Obama became president? What you the mean? way that we scored unemployment. Because remember, the Bush years, we were coming into the 08 crash. Yeah. Prior to that, if unemployment was 7% above or below, we knew how to operate. Obama changed it to whereas if you're not collecting benefits, then you're no longer considered unemployed. So this is just going to lower unemployment. Right. And, and that's the labor so participation So you could be at home rate. selling drugs, not working or whatever, or you could be on disability, but you're not considered unemployed. Well, I mean, the drug the dealer's not unemployed. I, well, the, la <laughs> <laughs> the labor participation rate is yeah. more accurate, but in the past 20 years, we haven't been able to grasp how to really use those unemployment numbers anymore. Right. Um, and that's that's been the kicker in trying to— Especially me, because every time I hear the unemployment rate, I'm like, yeah, that's not really true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really isn't, because there's a lot more people that are unemployed that just ran out of benefits. That's just the libertarian in you, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it, that's, that's the problem with our society. I mean, every there's more than one truth in everything, because everyone's got facts or statistics to back it up, and that's the reason no one believes anything anymore. Yeah. Because science isn't—I mean— we're still deciding what is a man and what is a woman. Stop. So we You may be we trying to figure that. that out, but... Uh, no, I'm good. You asked my five-year-old. He says, because I got balls. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, what, what's that? What was that book that uh, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten? <laughs> now, now, if something was to happen and they were removed, I'll have to change my view a little bit with them. <laughs> but so, to keep it simple. So, yeah, the... Um, so the speaker took to the well this week. Ooh. That was fun. Talking about the judges thing. Sitting on the edge of my chair. Listening and, and you know, I, I always joke. I think I joked with you when he was speaking. He I, kept looking over at us. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know if he was or he wasn't, but I turned to you and I said, do you feel like Merle's looking at us? <laughs> so for the two listeners out there, I, I made that joke to, to Guffey while uh, Speaker Smith was making his uh, remarks about the election of judges because – our senator, Wes Clymer. Which has, we need uh, to have on next week. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, has basically let everybody know that he's going to put his name on the judges. He doesn't want judges elected until he we see yeah. some signs of, of reform coming or maybe even, you know, passed out of the House. So, Well, we do have signs of reform coming. Yep, we so do. The ad hoc committee wrapped up with 16 recommendations. Yep. My personal recommendation um, was to eliminate counting for yeah. judges, allow up to five to come out of the JMSC, the JMSC to be comprised of three House appointments. All right, wait a minute. 
when you say back up so the two listeners understand, when judges, when we get the final report from JMSC, Tuesday at noon, judges are now free to go and get commitments. Correct. So prior to that, you cannot give your commitment to a judge. And they can't ask for it. Yep, and they but can't they ask for it. But they will shake your hand 30 times in the hallway to make sure you know their name. Yep. <laughs> um, and so what happens is, depending on who's who's running for a certain seat, certain members will agree to count for that judge. Yeah. And so usually a counter for a judge is someone who fully supports that judge, knows them in some way, maybe they're from their district, you know, whatever. And so... Um, like case in point, I agreed to count for Chad Smith yep. in the family court. Race. As did I. And so, um, we split the floors. And we just literally around ran around and asked folks, "Hey, this is a local family court seat. We're we're counting for Chad Smith." And it wasn't that his and, opponent was bad. Nope. The problem was is that Chad had already been through the process. This is his opponent's first time. Yeah, right. Chad's a great person. Oh, man. I, and I wasn't trying to say anything negative about Eric. No. It was just, hey. No, this, I thought we had I thought we had two good candidates. Yeah. It was more of the question of who was more qualified for me. And so yeah, so that's what a counter is. That so me, myself, um, I mean, me and Guffy and, and Pope basically went and counted for Was Pope counting for him too? Uh, I thought so. Maybe you not. were Maybe you just... were doing the majority of the counting, yeah. but I grabbed your sheet and was like, because I <laughs> yeah. got mad. I come back in from counting, and there's a letter on my desk. It's like, hey, I want to thank you for your, or I just want to know where you stand or something. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm counting for you. <laughs> yep. So, so anyway, that that's what happens in a judicial race on the House floor is members agree to count, and they basically go and advocate for that candidate for the judge for that judicial seat. And get commitments. Once you get to 63, or, you know you've got it. Or, well, it's higher than that, right? Well, 60, with the Senate. With, with the Senate, yeah. So yeah. you got 170 total. Yeah, so you need around 85, 90 yeah. to be comfortable, I think. But um, so that, that's what that's what counting is. And what you're suggesting is eliminate it. No, you no can, more counting. You cannot get commitments. You cannot ask for a commitment. Judicial candidates can go around and— There is no campaigning for judicial candidates. They can state their qualifications. They can go we meet can people. They can review them. They can meet people. Yeah. They cannot ask for any support. Other members cannot ask for support on behalf of them, and we go to the floor with a vote. Yep. That's the way I view it. Now, I do feel because of campaigning— with someone that does campaigns for a living sitting on the floor yeah. is going to dock every single one of those votes. And let's say we're advocating for one judge, and that one judge ends up doing something very corrupt and crooked. The whole campaign is going to be about what well, they supported this. Let's say that we weren't even advocating. We just voted for a judge down in Buford. Yeah. That our local Buford delegation said, hey, this is the best guy, and we yep. support them. And we just said, yeah, like, I, you know, y'all know more about it than we do. We'll, yeah. we'll back you on this. And we support that person. And that, that judge happened to be Alec Murdoch. What's <laughs> you know? Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, at that time, you know, you're going to get start getting blasted by saying, well, we had this qualified candidate. We had this qualified candidate. And yeah. I think that's the reason so many drop out. Because whenever you start counting, once the person realizes they don't have the vote— the, or once one person has the votes, the other members drop out. Yes. 
So they now have the, but that one is choice. Cus- that is the the custom. Yeah. Is that once if if two judges are running for the same seat, it's apparent that one has a hundred out of the hundred and seventy. Yep. Then clearly that that candidate is the victor prior to us even voting, and that you know the the candidate that does not have the votes will drop out. Right. But the narrative is that if they don't drop out, then they will be found not qualified the <laughs> next time. That's the narrative, yes. right? So my view true. was just eliminate the counting. Also, the uh, the makeup of the JMSC, I thought, should be three House appointments, regardless whether they're legislators or not. So they can choose non-legislators or legislators. The Senate gets three, and then the governor gets four. So the governor has the majority— Mm-hmm. And we know the House and Senate doesn't typically agree. <laughs> but so the governor has a little bit more power in it. And then they are found qualified. And I wanted to increase the number to up to five that can be found qualified. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with upping the cap. Yeah. And then I wanted to put a term limit on members of the JMSC. So no judge feels like they have to appear before the same members as before. So no one feels like they owe someone something. Man, I'm really hoping that's going to be in there. That that was my number. That was my only suggestion. And then whenever it comes to magistrate reform, yeah, my suggestion was to um, eliminate the holdover status, right, um, and allow the governor to pick a replacement if someone goes into holdover. So it puts the earnest on the governor, which I firmly believe it should be and is currently, but. If anyone's in holdover status, it falls on the shoulders of the governor, not the senators. Right. And that holdover status thing I came up a few times in y'all's— I mean, that's, that truly is the most corrupt thing. Because literally you can keep a judge in holdover status that basically— If they screw up and tick off that legislator that's that appearing senator, before them— That senator. That senator that's appearing before them, then guess what? They're without a job. Right. So they're basically on, on a leash, and the senator's holding Right, and that's that. That is not yeah. what the intention was. But yeah. yet, we as House members trying to dictate the way the Senate does things is no different than the Senate trying to dictate how we as the House do things. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of Merle's comments were. That's what the speaker towards towards yeah. Senator Clymer and the other senators holding this up was. I'm tired of the Senate trying to dictate dictate how we as a House run. Yeah. Well, I think he said that that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they didn't send it over. Therefore, we did not vote on judges. Yep. And I think the solution is for us to get our suggestions written into one bill from our committee, and then we submit it and get it passed as quickly as possible, send it to the Senate, and say, now let's vote. Yeah, because right. Because if we don't vote by the end of May, then we're looking at 500-and-something cases that get delayed because circuit court judges end up in vacancy. Yeah, right. There, and I think that's, no that's, that's what our speaker to spoke over. to. What was it, like 24 circuit court judge positions yeah. will remain vacant right. is, is what he was— And we're already complaining about a backlog. Man. I'm surprised the governor didn't speak up about that. Yeah. Well— I mean, and, I, think, and, and I, think I went we over— could, I think we could have elected judges this year with the agreement that if there's not a change filed this year and passed— then we will not elect them next year because it was such a short time period right. from when we started in session the second week of January 
until now to have a bill passed. I mean, that's pretty difficult considering we already had the Judicial Review Committee yeah. set. Yep. But I will ride or die with Climber. Yeah, I, think, I, I, think I went over one to of those him. guys. I'll I'll run into battle with. I went over and told him. Uh, I think that was Tuesday or Wednesday when when Merle took to Wednesday when Merle took to the floor, and I said, I went over to the Senate and sort of did a straw poll with those guys. You know, there's about eight or nine of them that I talked to, and I just said, Wes, I said, Hey, man, respect you and what and what we're doing as far as trying to reform the system. I said, Man, we have got to keep pushing or rowing in the same direction, you know? Yeah. In, in a bicameral way that we can get judicial reform and we can get timely elections to where we do not have, we don't negatively impact. And I think that's, I think, I think Clymer understands that. Yeah, absolutely. Pe- people view Clymer as different than what he is in many aspects and especially on the House side because they have had to deal with him many times before of yeah. being that very black and white, my way, the highway, and everything else. But whenever we sit down and talk to Climber, as we know him, we realize, like, this is the intent yeah. of my approach. Right. And as long as we can get to that intent, I think we're good. Yeah. Well, I mean, and everybody knows the my he way is, or the he highway. He is a hard ass. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that my way or the highway, that's that just comes with the Senate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, kidding, Senators. Kidding. But, <laughs> But uh, everyone knows who they are. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll look and see. Uh, pay attention to that. And see what we can do on the on the judicial reform. Also, and and I think judges. truthfully, I think all of us want judicial. Not all of us, but the majority of us yeah. want judicial reform. So I think that it is something that will happen. The question is, is who's who's a myth. How many amendments are going to be? Put I up cannot there? wait for all the amendments because it's going to, it's going to, you know what it's going to be. It's going for to those be a, of you that it's ask, going to be a race to yeah. purity. And and here's the thing: is we cannot change the way that we select judges without a constitutional amendment, which means then we have to pass a referendum, which then it has to go on the ballot. And anytime there's a constitutional amendment, it is a Everyone wants to add anything and everything on it that the majority of people don't agree with, so therefore they don't want to open the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's just a, a higher threshold yeah. to get something done if you're if you're messing with the Constitution. So, As uh, it should be. That's right. But for those that want to ask why we didn't approach this or why we didn't approach that, you know, each as Republicans, we had an agenda last year. And whenever it was given to us at the beginning of the year to accomplish all the things, I, I remember looking at you and was like, no way in hell this is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we got everything accomplished. But, you know, Gavin's Law wasn't one of those. And that's one of the reasons that it took so long to get Gavin's Law heard. Yeah. And there's so many, and I believe that many House members thought it was important, but we have an agenda that we have to get to. So people that are introducing all these bills this year, thinking that you're going to get them heard, get them into the Senate, and get them across, I just I don't, I don't believe that it's possible. Now, some of mine I've introduced, but I know that they're not going to get heard this year. And right, but I want them introduced so I know next year, should I be reelected, they are ready to go. 
And if I was, just <laughs> as we talked about last episode with Nancy Mace. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you forget. This is the last year of session. Oh, no, no, to... no. I know. I just oh, refile okay. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, but I have a good <laughs> but memory the of done. a good bill and the work is done. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, man, I tell you, this past week we had some notable names come say hello to us, visit us. Dabo. Um, Oh, stop. <laughs> you and Dabo were wearing the same tie, by the way. Listen. Listen, he sessions Mr. Gamecock, where him and Dabo, I mean, they were twinsian. It was funny. <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> hey, that was not orange. That was sort of like That uh, was certainly orange. <laughs> <laughs> we you know, we can post that to the uh <laughs> to the Facebook page. Is this orange? <laughs> <laughs> Just come on over to the Rye Gardner side. <laughs> right. I hear you. Man. Whatever happened to Rod Gardner? Didn't he get? He, he went to Washington. Yeah, he played on the Redskins, Redskins for a while. Yeah, yeah, he was good, man. Yeah, I mean, even though we went to Clemson, he made, he made some bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So we had uh, Coach Dabo Sweeney, uh, Shane Beamer, and Joe Beck from Coastal Carolina. I don't, come, know, I come, don't know all the coaches. I know Beamer and Dabo. It, it was yeah, those three. And I think Clemson's. Was it his basketball coach that was there too, or baseball coach? Baseball was that Noonan, something like that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I'm a Clemson fan. Only follow football. <laughs> right. I mean, South Carolina. Y'all have got a good know, baseball program. No, y'all got North, <laughs> y'all got North Carolina and Duke to follow in the off season. So Clemson fans typically just stick to Clemson. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had uh, Tim Beck, Shane Beamer, and Dabo Sweeney come visit us and talk to us about the NIL bill that I believe that was Hyatt, right? Who had sponsored I don't know it. who sponsored it, but it's but, name and image and likeness. Yep. And so the, the challenges that some of our coaches and college programs, our athletic programs are facing is that um, during these NIL deals that, that players, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I shouldn't say legal, but players can now get NIL deals with whoever, car dealerships, Coca-Cola, whatever. But you have the out-of-state sponsors coming in Yep, and telling these kids what to do, and then the coaches can't advise. Yep, and NCAA guidelines and regs keep the the school out of it. And so this— What a racket. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and that's—these th- challenges the coaches talked about. Um, you know, Beamers and, and Dabo both— both talked about it. Beck talked about it. That they are they are there to be mentors for those young men on the football team, and but they are kept out of trying to help guide them and 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 help them when they look at these nil sound financial decisions. Yeah, I mean contracts, reviewing contracts, negotiations, the the PR side of it, all those things. I mean, they don't want Tim Tebow taking a Pornhub nil deal. <laughs> they need to be able to advise. I'm not it, correct. This does not fit. Yes, yes. <laughs> These guys are not legit. They're paying you in Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which may or may or may not be a good idea. <laughs> Man. So uh, so yeah, we um, we heard from them and also uh, the basketball coaches. Uh, Staley, uh, Dawn, and and Lamont came down and and talked to us about you know again just. Same issue, same challenges. So we passed a law that will basically allow university officials to 
help guide players and student athletes in making the best decisions for that athlete. So, now, I mean, New Spring can't tell all the Clemson players on how to what's the best way to invest their money. So <laughs> <laughs> we have to have a little. <laughs> hey, I call I call it like I see it. There you go, <laughs> man. Um, well, to address a couple of things, so my voice being so low on the previous podcast, yeah, we think was due to the mic that I was using. Not my beard and all these other excuses because. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the the rumor going around is that you were wearing it. I mean, wearing an N95 mask. I mean, because you're a big masker. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need is more haters. There, right? <laughs> According to some, I I am pro choice and pro mask and all this other crap. Yeah, yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it just doesn't fit my it's okay to hate commies T-shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> so hopefully, you know, when we uh, when we listen to this this episode, folks don't have to keep messing with their 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 volume dial and, 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 and no, turn you up, and then yeah. I'm yelling, you. Well, and no, hee haw, like, like in the middle. Yeah, I might have said one bad word. I think we're trying. I think to, I did pretty good. I try to keep it clean. And, and just so y'all know, we've had some complaints that the podcast got shorter. We're trying to keep it down to about an hour because of getting um, pushed down in the Apple rankings Mm -hmm. due to the length of the podcast. Right. So it doesn't pop up as often. Um, That will increase with users or people that are listening, increase with listeners. But Yep, so we need that five-star review, you know? Yeah, we need all the reviews that we can get. Yep. Um. I haven't seen it. Well, I'm not logged in. Yeah. Yeah. We, I'm not. we have a producer that kind of handles all this stuff. So yep. it's good. Makes so it easy. we had a uh, 3M medical sub this past week. Um, again, to the two listeners, definitely need to go check out that video. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget Cal. <laughs> I, did, I, I did let folks know last week my itemized medical billing, House Bill 4622, um, was on the agenda, but I asked to adjourn debate on that because I got a lot of feedback from, you know, doctors, hospitals, and that sort of thing. So I'm I'm tightening up some language on that. Speaking of, yep, I'm not happy. I got a phone call from no no what's uh, Atrium. Okay, tell me that thirty five dollars in some sense, right? From a November visit, I was like, okay, not a problem. So I started asking. I was like, "So did insurance not pay? Because I don't always pay a copay." Was that for those colonoscopies you've been getting since you were twelve? No, those are free. They're okay. on the house. From what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I I asked. I was like, "What was that for?" Well, that was just for me going into the doctor to get my refills, which I have to do every thirty days. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much they charge for a standard general practitioner visit? And I was maybe in there ten minutes. Three hundred and fifteen dollars. And I said, so if I didn't have insurance, would it be the same cost? This Absolutely is- not. No, she said, yes, it would be. But if you pay with cash, then we give you <laughs> a non-insurance discount, which knocks it down to $150. And I'm doing the math, like, why am I even paying for insurance? Like, this is a racket. Man, so. I'm so frustrated. I don't know the solution. I, I was, you know, <laughs> I, I will tell this personal story on the floor, I'm sure, if I can get my bill out. When my son, Ben, was born, 
nine years ago, he he was born with Down syndrome. And so that, you know, folks who, who know or folks who don't know, um, a lot of times there's a lot of health complications with Down syndrome, whether it's um, heart defects, things of that nature. And so he spent a few weeks in the NICU mm-hmm. and brought him home and otherwise healthy. We got a bill from Levine for a hundred and forty something thousand dollars. Yep. That's and the same thing with COVID. And literally, I mean, nine years ago, I'm, I'm not saying I'm paycheck to paycheck, but I didn't have a hundred and forty liquid that I could pay. Yeah. Um. So, went through it, saw the, and we didn't have an itemized bill. That was one of the things we had to request that. But we literally went through, I would say, 30 to 45 days of phone calls, callbacks, explanations, them sending us documents, us saying, no, we didn't get that. You know what that bill ultimately ended up being? Somewhere around thirty to $35,000 mm. from 140-something. And... That was See, I don't all, even look at my bills. all attributed to human error. Human error. Sounds like some people need to be fired okay, or prosecuted. So that's just my personal experience one time with one of my children. And we are just fortunate enough that my wife doesn't work. She, she is a stay-at-home mom. She takes care of the kids. And she had the time to, like— Call and ask, what's going on? What's this for? This, that, and the other. Her and I would talk talk about it in the evenings over dinner and be like, nope, we ain't doing No, that's that's bull. We're not doing that. You see, my wife won't make the calls. Oh, really? So and, I quit looking at the bills. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's just my personal story. And then so then I tried to take that experience and say, what about the, you know, I was raised by a single mom. She yeah. doesn't have the time for that. Right. She works a full-time job trying to support five kids. My mom would not have had time to like argue and negotiate the charges. And essentially what they're doing is they're marking the price up so high because insurance is only going to pay, say, half. And essentially that's what everyone should be paying. But insurance has to feel like they're getting a good deal. So they have to charge everyone more to make the insurance seem valuable, which since Obamacare, the prices have gone up so much. Man, I tell you, it is a labyrinth yeah. of of trying to get all that sorted out. And, you know, just our... It should the, be simple. Is it Dr. Sick here that does the, like the a cit- monthly fee? The citizens know, of South Carolina deserve better. That's yeah. it. That is... The citizens stop of the trying States. to make things so complicated that the everyday Joe or Jill does not... can't understand it. And Are, so that's all my bill says. Give them a plain language description of the health services that you're charging for and want to be paid for, give them an itemized receipt. And if you don't, they don't have to request it. you got to give it to them. And I signed on to a bill this week that offers benefits to school district elected officials that are not paid. They have the ability to sign on and get the state benefits, which they sell. Oh, right. You don't have them. But Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, the PIBA network, is not 
great insurance, I would say, compared to other insurances I've had. So I don't know what all people are always talking about. Oh, the st- I got state benefits. <laughs> Gold-plated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I am not satisfied with the, the state benefit so far. But this just gives the elected officials that are not getting paid, putting in so much time, the ability to pay in and get the insurance should they need it. Okay. So um, so I'll just keep giving the audience updates on that bill. Another one that we took up in the medical sub was House Bill 4680, sponsored by Mark Smith. He's our subcommittee chair, and that was dealing with the Firefighter Cancer Healthcare Benefits Plan. Oh, that was an interesting meeting. I tell you what. And again, <laughs> I encourage everyone to go watch the video right about the hour mark when um, we were hearing testimony and the gentleman talked about the high rates of cancer amongst firefighters. And I think the discussion went to, you know, because we have question and answer, so members can ask. And I think um, the gentleman given testimony said, no, 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 it's not the environment that we're, it's not the burning houses that we're running in and out of that's causing the cancer. <laughs> it's the N95s? It's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, it, he's, he, he basically said, you know, and he left it open. He, he's not trying to slander anybody or whatever. He just said that there, there is information and data out there that suggests uh, it could be the equipment that we use. Right. So. The breathing apparatus is supposed to save you well, from all these things. Well, the fire retardant yeah. on the jackets and the shirts and, and, and all those types of things. And I was blown away. What'd you do? What'd you do, Heath? (laughs) (laughs) That's when you politely raise your hand and ask for the chair to recognize you. But, uh, yeah, so I asked the question. I was like, hey, I don't want to bury the lead here, but did you just suggest that basically your uniform? Or what do they call it? A scat pack? Yeah, it's – Some type of pack or whatever that they wear. And, And he said, yeah. And the woman <laughs> sitting behind her, her mouth her, dropped. You should have seen her face. I literally, scr- <laughs> I went back and looked at the House video of that subcommittee. It's right around the hour mark. <laughs> no, no. This is where we have to tell the producer, hey, you've got to cut a section out. <laughs> Just talking about this. I mean, put it up. This is a teaser moment because, and you used the photo of the, we can take a screenshot of the, yes, of that moment. And I'm just show you. the mouth literally drop, like, oh, my God, did they just expose us? I, I don't That's know. That's the way I took it. <laughs> I don't know who this lady is. Uh, very, you know. I mean, it could be it could be the liberal meme that they use with the woman screaming all the time. That's what it looks like. I me. mean, hey, you know what? Maybe for this episode we post this. You know, this is the cover. <laughs> I don't know if John will give us permission for that. <laughs> right. Speaking of name, image, and likeness. <laughs> hey, rock on, John. I like him. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a good dude. But uh, so, yeah. That's he's what, what we, a firefighter in Charleston? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he represents, I think it's like the Firefighter Association. He, isn't he like Miss, Mr. February or something? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, ladies. Uh, but yeah. Do you so, think we have any female listeners? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. We're talking about politics and beer. You know, we, 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 we say this now. And we'll probably get responses next week. (laughs) I want more responses on our Facebook page. Yeah. Because you can't really do too much on the Instagram. And I don't know that we actually see the Apple, iHeart, Spotify, 
all that. I know whenever we start getting bigger, sponsors just kind of get interrupted in between without us having Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We, we talk about this, and, like, we're literally just doing this as a communication tool. Yeah, this is so much I, better than a newsletter. I am not – yeah. Yeah, don't even get me started on that. But, uh, but yeah, I think what? it's our generation's version of, of a newsletter. What did you know? There's legislation coming out that is going to change all of these mass emails. And what's going to happen is all these people that are sending out newsletters, they're no longer going to be valid. Because if you have less than a 2% open rate, which is – no, it's actually higher than that. But the average newsletter is around 2% open rate. Then you're going to start ending up in spam. It, oh, so really? So even whenever you want to contact your constituents, your emails are going to go to spam because you're trying to send out a monthly newsletter and people aren't opening it. Okay. And if we don't get that under control, I mean, the podcast is a perfect way, and not everybody has time to listen to it, yeah. but if we put the topics in the in each one, then we can say, hey, this is what we're talking about. Speaking of topics, I know you're looking at the timer here. I don't know where we're at on time. I don't know either. <laughs> I think we're around a buck 15, maybe. We, we've got medical marijuana in the Oh, Senate. yeah, that's right. I was trying to find a marijuana-flavored beer forever Stop. before I came in, just because I thought it would be great for the topic and for the photo. Matter of fact, we've got to take the photo because I don't know if the photo oh, yeah. was taken beforehand. But I was trying to find one forever because I know there's one exists. I think Sweetwater or somebody has one. The, are you serious? A marijuana-flavored beer? It's just flavor. It's, I mean, I imagine it tastes like pond water. I mean— <laughs> Weren't I, we somewhere? I don't know what we taste like, so I'm not sure. Do you know, Heath? Yeah, here, what we do is we take this parsley and just soak it in a vat of beer. The first dime bag ever bought, that, bought was parsley. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> but no, I mean, so I I know we've got Palmetto family is against it. I've seen comments from Mitch Prosser. I know our York County Sheriff Department is against it, and mm-hmm. the sheriff's— Association is against it. I was not necessarily for it whenever I got into the house until I started looking into the bill, and it has no flour. So people like my sister. It has no what? No flour. So you're never buying a plant. You're never buying anything that you can smoke or grind up or anything. Yeah, no. So people like my sister, and one of the tattoos that I have says, fall down seven, get up eight. She suffers from epilepsy. Yeah. Severely. And, And so does my son. And so many people have said what the benefits are to THC. Now, she's tried these—what's the other version Uh, that's legal through hemp? Like a Delta 9 or something? Not Delta 9, but it's an oil, CBD. Oh, okay. So she's tried CBD oil, and one CBD oil actually helped her until— they quit making that CBD oil. Now she changed into something else. Same milligrams and everything else, but it doesn't work the same. And, and so her, when you say seizures oil, start increasing. When you say oil, is she— Just a couple of drops on her tongue in the okay. morning. And it's not like it's making you high or anything of that nature. So it's I, not the Delta 8, Delta 9 stuff that actually messes you up and should be regulated. Yeah. Um this yeah. is, and whenever we start talking about THC, we're talking about for medicinal purposes only, primarily so our universities can study it. We can produce this medicine. The downside is, is the federal schedule of it doesn't allow a pharmacist, a licensed pharmacist, to dispense it. 
Yeah, I— That becomes the problem. But I, I am totally for having gummies that taste disgusting, <laughs> you know, so it's not— a, So I— that or is one, an oil that That is one thing that I don't understand is if this didn't have the name marijuana attached to it. Right. Would, would this be a we device We prescribe issue? opioids. No one's saying ban all these harmful drugs that are actually causing epidemics across our country. But yet we're saying we can't give a marijuana medicine or a THC medicine simply because, oh, this is going to become— the legalization of marijuana? Correct. Well, that is what the I can concern. tell you is That's the fear. keep the people who are against legalization in office. And then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, and but for from a medicinal standpoint, I'm going I plan on going to the well to fight for this. If this it's is literally tattooed on my body to help my sister in any way that I can. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that this is a medicine that's cut off and the doctors can't prescribe it and the doctors can't advise on it because of our laws based on it. And I think, give a lot of credit to Senator Tom Davis. A huge act. I went and sat over in the Senate and listened to him because this thing got, got brought to the floor again. And first off, real smart guy. But he has sat and and researched this topic and has gone and sat down with the harshest critics of the bill to try to understand their concerns, their their fears about if we were to do this, the negative impacts on public health. And so whether it's law enforcement, uh, solicitor's offices, um, you even, know. Even the ABC and the... Distributors are not and he necessarily is, for it because they're scared that it's going to open up a whole new. But there's a lot of safeguards. So, and I don't know where I stand on this bill. I literally have a meeting next week about this bill because I want to educate myself. Because I think there is a there is an argument to be made that if you give greater access to something, its use will increase. Right. So. Say in Oregon, they decriminalized or legalized a lot of drugs. I'm talking heroin. I mean, it was pretty stupid. It was was a pretty silly bill, but they did it. And they basically gave access to all of these bad things, bad chemicals and drugs. And, bro, it's terrible, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's always going to be that way. But, so I just got to understand, and again, I think Davis's bill addresses— It is the most conservative medical— marijuana. Yes. They're calling it medical marijuana, but there is literally no marijuana involved. No smoking I, of it. It's right. gummies. I flew it's, up to Maryland. Hey, it expires in eight years, so yeah. it has a sunset. Yeah. So if we see any unintended consequences, let's say we were to pass it, then it sunsets in eight years. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Now, again, we could re-up it, but that would take— We can just choose to not re-up it at that's that That's right. Time. That's right. If we start seeing— Negative yep. consequences to Crime it. Crime rates, drug use, addiction, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you start seeing those things trending the wrong way. Right. Yeah, and, and I went up to Maryland last year, 
And I flew up there to see how they were dealing with medicinal. Now, they were into the more legalization, I think, at that time. Yeah. Like with a pharmacy card, you could buy flour and everything else. I literally have a empty jar of Jerry Garcia that's sealed. Nothing's inside of it. I thought the jar was cool looking. Right. Sitting on my desk at the house. Sure. Um, it's completely empty. <laughs> no seal's ever been broken. Uh, so I have no possession of anything. Just glass and a lid. But it's what they sell it in. Um, but we've seen how they grow. We've seen how they are monitored. How they are complete, continuously inspected. Right. How they extract the oil to make different things. How it is completely Everything is perfectly monitored, which is the problem with Delta 8, Delta 9. You never know what the strength is that right. you're getting with it. And in York County, they have banned Delta 8, Delta 9 because of the Alan Wilson's um, opinion that it was never legal to begin with. So our task force is removing it off the shelves. Um, however, you can go over to Spartanburg County or Chester County and buy it all day long because that's not a statewide opinion. Yeah, it- you know, I and now I you've a, got drinks, you've got beers that are saying they put in Delta or eight or Delta nine or or kratom. Yeah. Um, you know, our colleague Don Chapman has a bill against the kratom. Yeah, and um, I'm telling you, man, I don't understand how some sometimes of stuff you is don't legal. have to write a law that says don't eat bath salts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there there are certain things that just I mean, right. Darwinism. I don't see how – if it's something that you consume, I think that it should be reviewed. You yeah. Know? yeah, there something should be some simple. Sort of, yeah, right. there should – is this safe or is this not? And we don't have that in process because you go into these gas stations and see all kinds of crap now. I, that's why I don't understand how that's not – how is some of that stuff legal? I mean, I mean, in talking with my let's daughter Let's talk about what is legal. You're getting people off of heroin and what are you giving them? Suboxone? Yes. Which is legalized heroin. I mean, that is legal, and you're just causing someone else to be on another substance. Yeah. It's stupid. But yet we're debating THC, which could stop loved ones from having these massive seizures, which could cause death and could cause all these other issues. Yeah. Or just a quality of life issue. Yeah. You know, even if it's not life-threatening, it's, again, I have a son who has seizures, and I'm telling you. I mean, my sister's in her 20s. You know, she went to school for to be a dental hygienist, and it took her forever to get a job because people were scared if you're sitting there and you might have a seizure during the day. Like, luckily with her, I don't want to say luckily, but the majority of the times it's in the morning or late at night. It's almost like whenever you—you know how you get woke up and you have this startled feeling? It's almost like if she doesn't completely wake up, that's whenever it happens. Oh. You know? With my son, um, so it's always before going sleep. to work. She has to wake up like three hours early just to kind of get her, make sure that she's up, going. Nothing's going to happen. But once she gets going, there's no issues. Your oh, son wow. is just more. It's when he's random. sleeping. Oh, it's when he's sleeping. Yeah, he not he doesn't walk around all of a sudden and seize up. It's when he is taking a nap or overnight. I'm still convinced that there is a direct correlation with all uh, Alzheimer's and uh, seizures. Alzheimer's? <laughs> Did you say Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's, like the goats. <laughs> uh, but I do believe that there is a direct correlation between them because both of them almost appear like you're half asleep oh. whenever the things happen. Yeah, I think— I It's think like a my, disconnect with your brain. I think with my son, it's always when he's exhausted. So he has either yep. 
played baseball at Miracle League, and he's not getting water, and so he might be dehydrated, or if he's dealing with, you know, a virus or something where his body's defenses. Same, same with my sister. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I think the one thing that always is there is a low potassium, but you know, you can consume too much potassium. But then the question is, did you lose the potassium because of the seizure or did your potassium drop low and cause you to have a seizure? Yeah, right. So. And I don't know how you check that consistently, but yep. who knows? I'm not a doctor. Yeah, me neither. But I did stay at a holiday. <laughs> what about, uh, what about next week? What we got going on? Um, uh, well, we, we're going to take up constitutional carry on Tuesday. Yes, that's going to be the big one. Yep. Um, oh, speaking of, you know what Tuesday is? Wednesday's Valentine's Day, not Tuesday. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Come on now. Carolina Day. Uh, Wear your black suit and your garnet ties, boys. I don't have any black. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we, uh, I think we have Carolina Day on Tuesday, so we'll be recognizing uh, the premier university of so, South Carolina. So it's going to be a short day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I think we, um, yeah, take up constitutional carry. And we've also, now I do have a committee on the splitting of DHEC, which is uh, Chairman Newton and the Speaker Merle Smith's bill. That was coming out of constitutional laws, going to go to full, full judiciary. judiciary. Okay. But I have honestly not had enough time to read through everything to try and educate right. the viewers on where we are at this moment with it. I think everybody agrees that DHEC needs to be split. Oh, yeah. You know, when it comes to, you know, health, that that's a whole thing. And then environmental control is a whole other thing. So whenever you were a page, were you a page for Sanford? Nope. I was a page in Ways and Means. Page so, for ways and yep, for the committee. So Sanford was one of those governors that I always thought was great, fiscal, conservative. My problem is, is I'm seeing the problem that we have with mental health. Oh, yeah. With prisons, with all of these things that he cut. And it, it brings me back to the campaign, the presidential campaign of Ramaswamy. What he said sounded great. Like, let's get rid of these three-letter agencies and all this other stuff. And I agree on eliminating the government. But I'm also seeing that whenever you just eliminate something without giving heed to the repercussions that are coming, that is the problem. We were talking about this prior to, uh, you know, going live. Yeah. Is, hey, make sure, go check. Because you don't want negative unintended consequences, which of, is the biggest things. reason we want. But it sounds good. Any amendments? To it sounds great during committee. So let's say if you want to cut an amendment, whatever the amendment is, and you put an amendment up and it sounds great, but you don't know what the fiscal impact is going to be. Yeah, you don't know if that's going to cost citizens X number of dollars. You don't know. That's why I'm how always suspect that's going to eliminate. Yeah, I mean, you don't know how much it's going to impact the poor communities or mm -hmm. the rural communities. It sounds good, but until you can actually vet it, and I think that's a, why a lot of times we get bashed for voting against an amendment that sounds great. It's a headline. Yeah. And it's great for people Again, that run campaigns bill, for a living. an amendment to cure <laughs> pediatric <laughs> cancer. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, did you realize that cost uh, $4 billion a year? And, and yeah. And then we and vote it, no, and the headlines just, and Rep Sessions chose to support childhood cancer. <laughs> right. So I, I've, I'm always skeptical when you hear the, these folks 
rushing to get in front of a microphone or a camera. And hey, don't de- be, don't be a hater. Yeah, yeah, they literally want to tell you what to be scared of or what to fear, and then who's to blame for it. Yeah, and it's never them. Isn't that victim blame? <laughs> it, it is never, you know. So I'm always skeptical of folks like that, but um. So yeah, we got. Uh, I think we have 3M Municipal Affairs next week. We don't have any um, anything on the medical agenda. Or full for 3M. So. I had no committees this week. We do have, I have regs. No, last week I had none. So I'm on full regs. Okay. Um, but I don't have my subcommittee. And I, this is actually because of whenever I was in DC, this will be the first judiciary meeting that oh, yeah. I've been able to attend. So I did get an update. Uh, I talked with um, Chairman Weston Newton and Beth Bernstein. She's subcommittee on judiciary about the Maury Povich bill. Just so for everybody who has been wondering what is going on with the Maury Povich bill. Um, so some of the concerns that they they brought up was children who have legally been adopted and are on the birth certificate now, if that marriage dissolved 10 years later, could that father then say, hey, that's really not my baby, so... I don't want to pay for him. If it's legally adopted, then no. Uh, uh, right. But the original bill that was put up by King, Cobb Hunter, and Jermaine That's Johnson. That's the reason it goes to committee. Correct. So I think they're they're addressing some of those types of legal concerns. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I've, I've we'll see what they can do. I've got a very funny story that I think will be great for the listeners. Okay. But uh, Rep. Bernstein submitted the bill for the anti-Semitism bill last oh, yeah. year. And we're sitting in judiciary. Oh, I thought this was going porch caucus. No, no, no. <laughs> not, <laughs> not quite that transparent. <laughs> but during that during that debate, I'm sitting there and I've got a question because they're literally referencing a website instead of having the language written in the bill. And it's almost as if no one wanted to speak up because they didn't want to be viewed as an anti-Semite or anything else. Yeah. So I decide I'm going to speak up. So, so you decided to be the anti-Semite is what you're saying. <laughs> well, as soon as I spoke up, no, I'm just asking the question, like, why not take the language from the website, put it in the bill instead of referencing? Because, I'm, I mean, truthfully, websites could change. Someone could edit that. Yeah, just right. Just make sure that that's there. And I think that's what we ended up with is the language actually in the bill. But while I'm asking that question, literally, I get two texts from two members in the committee and one said, Guffy, you never start a question with, but the Jews. <laughs> and then the other one said, thank you, Muhammad Guffy, for your comments. Please sit down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so yep. every time I, I had to go and, to hey, I went up just, to Bath afterwards. Just, and just told for all that. of y'all who think we're all business. <laughs> <laughs> but I went up to Bath afterwards, and I was like, look, like I don't want you to think that I'm trying to sabotage your bill. I'm literally trying to ensure yeah. that this is the correct way of doing it. And she she was completely understanding. Yeah. It's just the other members just wanted to give me a hard time, <laughs> and I'm a freshman, and I didn't know how to take it. You know? <laughs> yep. So, well. I think that's it. Another one in the books, man. We got next week, and then we've got a furlough week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, we um... You got any vacation plans, furlough? I, I love this conversation. Because we experienced this last year when we had a house furlough and, and, and folks, 
listen, I work for a living. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I you don't just do get to do more work. <laughs> I don't do this and and I'm not trying to throw shade to to the career politicians or anything like that, but my reality is I work. And so when we go on house furlough, I'm like, yes, I can get that big stack of stuff <laughs> off my desk, you know, that I've just been avoiding. I can or, finally accomplish some things. Correct. And it's hilarious when I hear some folks like, oh, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to go on a family ski trip or we're going to do this. or I'm like, I just live in a different world than y'all live in, you know? <laughs> Because house furlough just means I can go back to my day job. Don't, don't play that. You know Last I mean? year, you were, what, at the Masters? Yeah. <laughs> While we're sitting there at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, I was like, where, where did Heath go? That was just a it few like hours. Irish exit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm out. But that was business. I have to give you that. Yeah, that's right. It just, it just made it sound more glamorous than it yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. But, I, yeah, I don't have any vacation plans, but I do. No, not um, at all. But we do have some stuff. So I was looking at the calendar we while we're on furlough. He's coming into town. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to come down just to be with York County. And, and you know, we, we've Hopefully got a I lot of things. Tours. we got a lot of things going on that week as far as, like, intros. Um, you know, literally, we're taking house furlough when it's H Historical Black Colleges and Universities Day. Mm, <laughs> I'm that's, like, that's. I was like, really? Because you remember that last yeah. year? We had all it was I mean, great. SC State. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all came and, you know. Someone's going to claim that's intentional. Uh, I, don't, I wish we could just move that date. I don't think we will. You know? and, and now I'm supposed to be in Myrtle Beach that Thursday and that Friday. So... I'm going down there. I'm getting an award on Thursday and then doing – I'm a keynote speaker on Friday um, at an event in Myrtle Beach. Oh, that's when you're getting uh, the, the, the participation trophy, right? The participation. <laughs> I, I think it's like runner-up for the fourth. No, best. but really, you're getting the legislator. It's legislator of the year. Um, I have to look up the group because I think it is the counselors. I'm not sure exactly. Like mental health counselors or something? Beca because I've got – Two different events happening at the same time. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but okay. I know as I long think as it's, it's like not school counselors in the mental health field right. or to do with children. As long as it's not the Aryan Nation. No, yeah, none of that. You know. Oh, um, so does Nikki have any events coming up in Rock Hill? Coming up? Yeah, yeah, she does. We have. Um, I think she's coming to town on the 17th next Saturday. 17th? Yep. So block off. Um. Next Saturday afternoon, uh, I think we're going to go to an early polling place or York Tech or something. But so, we're going to try to do. I think she's on a bus tour. Okay. And again, I don't. I don't. Man, I don't get into. I support her, but I don't get into the campaign stuff. Well, uh, who has enough time? I know, right? So, um, so yeah. I mean, she'll be up here next Saturday, doing some bus stops, talking to people, um, and then she's off because I think. She's criss crisscrossing the state. And why on – I don't understand that Nikki and, and the Don can't get together on the debate stage. Why is that? I mean, it, it's two – it's I, the two I leading think, conservative voices. And again – I think they should, but does he need to whenever he wins with the – what was it, any other candidate? 
or none of the above. Well, that Nevada thing was screwed. I know, but, but – Like it, one was on one ballot and one – what was that? Like because Nevada is a caucus or something or – Well, I think it – I mean I just imagine going into the voting booth and it's saying Nikki Haley or none of the above. Right, but I do agree. Does Donald Trump need to do it? No, but should he? Yes, I do agree. And I'm on Trump's team. And, and I yeah, agree. And that I'm he on should. Haley's team. And and, yeah. and that's what I think. Do you think Donald Trump scared Nikki Haley? No. On a debate stage? No. Then why doesn't he sit and debate her? Because there's not a single advantage of him having to debate her. He's not going to win any additional people. He's and only. He, and he doesn't you, need you mean additional it, it, people. It's going to be a net loss to him, right? Regardless. So. It, even if, he if, gives, if she gets any one point, then it's just creating more negative press for her. Right. So if if he shows up on the same stage as Nikki. I and, mean, she needs to start talking about the size of his hands. Maybe she'll get him on the debate yeah. stage. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if, if those two get on a debate stage and they're able to compare, contrast, or show voters their vision for the country, you're saying Trump loses voters. I think you're being a politician <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I think no, no, no. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't think. And then, and I was a DeSantis supporter before Trump. Yeah, and I, I thought the same thing. Like, I wanted, I wanted as being a DeSantis person, I know, like man. get Trump on the stage. But at the same time, if I'm running Trump's campaign, I'm saying no. Nope, you don't have to get on. It's, the stage. it's one thing that it's I like think. If I'm running Joe Biden's campaign, I'm saying shut up and stay in the base. Stay, yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think the Trump team has taken some some tactics from the Biden team. They're like, man, we lost to this guy, and he hid out in his basement. Let's just let's let's hunker down. Let's let's get in the foxhole. Say as little as possible. Wait, those who learn from history fail to make the same mistakes. You know, right? Ah. <laughs> but that is frustrating is that you cannot see them on the same stage to let them I think let them go back should. and forth. I think that they should. But this is this is early. Think about this. Everyone that wants to say Nikki drop out or they for the people that wanted to say DeSantis should drop out. Donald Trump didn't win South Carolina in 2016. Who was that? Newt? Yeah, Newt, Newt got Gingrich it in won it. And Trump was like way down and no one was dropping out. Right. And Trump just slowly took them out one at a time. Well, I think when you had at that time, too, there was, man, what was there, like 15 candidates? Yeah. And people say, well, Nikki's not going to win her own state. Well, Trump didn't win his own state. You know? I mean, truthfully. Which one? Uh, New York? New York. Yeah. Well, okay. now he's in Florida, which is right. why DeSantis can't be his vice president. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, you know, Trump is supposed to be coming into town. Originally, it was on the Valentine's? No, 15th. Yeah. Um, and now I think it is looking like the 24th, but that doesn't mean that that is set in stone. What's bad about it is I'm on the team, and I've got constituents and texting me saying, hey, uh, Trump's coming into town next week. Can you get me tickets? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and again, that's I, the difference I, between a campaign well, and, and, and governing because yeah. we're, we're down in Columbia doing our thing. The campaign folks are campaigning. Right. Like, and, and the only reason I knew about this information was running into his campaign manager. What was that, Wednesday night? Whenever we were walking. Oh, yeah, we walked over. We were walking to yep. the GOP event and just learning some of that. And then he finally added me. To the text thread. Oh, that's right. That's right. But he did. I will. I will be out of town. So if he does come to York County, I You're won't not be, be there. Here. Anyway. Yeah. But, well. 
Well, this has been good. Yeah, I, man. I don't know what time we're at, but it looks like a long time. Yeah. And hopefully, if we have to, we'll split it up into A and B. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, another thanks to our sponsors, uh, Comer Distributing and um, providing this uh, Amore Artist Fort Milsner. What'd you think? I actually liked it. Yeah, it was I good. Mean, I, don't, I don't know the difference between a Pilsner. The reason I wanted it is because it's got the building with the South Carolina flag flying on it. Yeah, that's right. That's what drew me to it. Isn't that Because down- you know if it said Fort Mill, I'm just like, no, yeah, that's, I'm not buying that's downtown Fort Mill. Stuff. Yeah. But I call the Catawba River the Mason-Dixon River and say all the Yankees live <laughs> up there. So <laughs> I yep. wouldn't have bought it if I'd seen Port Bilsner. But I seen the Carolina flag flying, and I was like, ah. I was like, that's a Carolina base. For all you Gamecock fans, that's the South Carolina state flag, not the uh, Carolina Gamecock flag. <laughs> For the rest of the country, <laughs> you know what Carolina <laughs> But uh, And also here, our host, 742 North. Yes. Need, need some office space, need a desk, just Give need some Wi-Fi. And there's a good coffee shop right here, too. So um, Yeah, you got everything in one spot. That's right. So check it out. And hopefully we sound, or I sound decent this week. Yeah, I hope we're on a consistent (laughs) volume. but uh, I'll be the loud one. You'll be the quiet one. Yeah, that's right. All right, folks, thanks thanks for listening. We'll, uh, We'll see you next week.